thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. Great. Well, let's dive into week three of the kingdom of God. If you haven't listened to the previous two, now I don't want to lose you from this particular service, but I really would encourage you to go back and listen to them as I keep building one week on another on another. We are looking, uh, in fact, let's have the tattoo again. You might be saying, what's the tattoo? This is uh, the back of one of our church members. And you can see through the process of him getting tattooed, that it all starts out quite simple, simplistic, black and white, but then gradually over time, colour gets added. And uh, and because of that, it becomes something deeper, richer, more complex, but more beautiful. And I believe this is a picture of our faith, that as we journey with God, often it starts off reasonably black and white, but then it goes on to develop a greater, a richer, more complex, more beautiful uh, look to it and feel to it. <clears throat> and uh, I really do believe this is journeying from a very kind of me-centric faith, which is often where it starts. There's nothing wrong with that because, well, we are important to God and we're important to ourselves. But if we read the scriptures, if we really get our heads around the message of Jesus, you'll see that he's got something much bigger going on than simply just me and Jesus. It's me, Jesus and the whole world. And um, and so we've been looking at the question, well, I posed the question last week, what is it, where is it and when is it? So we did what is it last week and kind of the attempt to put it into words is that the kingdom of God is anywhere where Jesus is reigning as king. And it starts within our hearts, but also it spills out and can be found in all sorts of different parts of society. It's anywhere, I believe, where God's reign and rule is being experienced. So whatever God wants to happen, your kingdom come, your will be done, where his will is being done, I believe that there is an element of the kingdom of God there and it finds its fullness when it he takes up residence in our lives and our lives then bring his will to pass in the world around us. The healing and the restoration of all things. The fixing of everything that is broken in ourselves and in society and in creation. So let's move on this week to where is it and when is it? And once again, this comes with a bit of a theological health warning. And that health warning is, it's not simple. It's not straightforward. It is something you have to chew on. And we would really recommend that you chew on it in part by talking it through with other people. And home church is a great place to do that. In fact, uh, one of my favourite teachers, um, a guy called Bruxy Cavey, has a great phrase where he says, that is where we turn the monologue into a dialogue. And you know what? The Christian faith was always meant to be a dialogue. This is hopefully just to get you thinking so you can have good conversations. So where is it? And uh, so imagine you and I went for a walk uh, around the city centre of Bradford and we said, let's go out and see if we can spot where the kingdom of God is. I wonder what you would be looking for I wonder what you would point out and say, yeah, Matt, Matt, I think that might be it. I wonder if kind of maybe it would be 
Maybe you see someone helping a homeless person. Actually, that is an expression of the kingdom of God. Maybe you see someone step in to try and break up a fight that's happening. Blessed are the peacemakers. Maybe that is an expression of the kingdom of God. Maybe you even bump into some Christians who are out, maybe doing healing on the streets, offering to pray with people, even sharing the good news and the love of Jesus. Maybe you'd say, that's it. Or it could be something really just as simple as someone picking up a piece of litter, doing their bit to fix what's broken, doing their bit to bring healing and restoration of all things. And let's face it, a city full of litter is not a happy place for anyone to live. If we were going around, you're like, look, there it is. No, 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 here it is. You'd actually be kind of going slightly contradictory to what Jesus said. So Jesus said this, it is in Luke's gospel, chapter 17, verse 20. It says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. And nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. One of the, <laughs> one of the things that I think is a thread running through all of this is Jesus can be vague, slightly obscure at times, and leave things a little bit less black and white than we probably would want them to be. And so, so Jesus is said, he says, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. <laughs> so we're like, really? You, we can't notice it, we can't spot it. it. You can't say here it is, you can't say there it is, because it is in your midst. So it's here, it's in our midst, it's with us and it's around us, but you will struggle to observe it and to clearly say this is it and that is it. I told you, this stuff isn't exactly clear, but I wonder if God leaves it a little bit obscure for a reason. In fact, uh, as we look at some of the, the parables of the, what the kingdom of heaven is like, and Rachel's going to touch on some of this next week, it's often really small stuff that you don't really notice, but it has an impact on everything around it. Be that yeast, be that seed, uh, which is often a good kingdom metaphor that is used. And so you can't see it, but it's here and it is doing its work. And so where is it again, Jesus? Is it here? Is it near? I mean, Jesus actually mainly uses the phrase that the kingdom of God is near. Or actually, he says the kingdom of God has come near. And so it's actually it is it, is, it has come and it is near. Mark 1 15, he says the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So how do we what is this nearness? Well, I mean, one thing you could definitely say is maybe the reason he said the kingdom has come near was because he had come near. That he was there when he said those words and he had come near. And I, and, and I do believe that that actually is real and it is true. That wherever we notice kind of God breaking through, wherever we notice God coming near, then actually the kingdom of God. God is 
at hand. That's another phrase that is often used to describe where it is. So was it just about when Jesus comes near? Well, actually, it wasn't just about when Jesus comes near. And we see that because he actually says it's around when you and me, or in this biblical case, his disciples came near. So in Luke 10, verse 11, so the context here is that he just told all of his disciples to go to various towns. Excuse me, and a cup of tea. He'd sent them out. He basically said, go here, go there and do this and do that. And then, and then he gives them some instructions. He says, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. OK, we've had this, this in the last couple of weeks. We've looked at this verse. So heal people, tell them the kingdom of God has come near. When you enter a town, OK, but when you enter a town and are not welcomed, Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And so what happens in this situation is, is they go into a town, they're not welcomed. So it's unlikely they've got to do any healing or anything like that or proclaim any kind of message. But tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. And I believe that this should tell us that wherever we go, because we have the king living in our hearts, we know the scripture tells us that. Jesus told us that they would come and make their home in our hearts. So wherever we go, the kingdom of God goes. Now that might sound like a little bit of a, um, yeah, quite a big responsibility. And it is a responsibility. So it means that wherever we go, Jesus is expecting that we will be bringers of the king and also bringers of the kingdom. So does this mean that wherever we go, whenever we go and whatever we do, that the kingdom of God is coming near? Well, yes and again, no. I believe there are times, as, as we'll hear from John actually in the testimony after this, there are times when we can work and we can live in such a way that the kingdom of God really is coming near. I can tell you there are times when we can revert to our old selves and the kingdom of God is a long way away from anywhere that we are. So where is it? Well, it's definitely where Jesus is. Where is it? Well, it's hopefully where we are. Where is it? It's where his will is being done. It's near you. It's upon you. It's in your midst. It's where you go. Can you see it? No, you can't. Listen, I realise this might all sound a little bit mysterious, but actually it is. But mystery is a vital part of the walk of faith. Being absolutely certain of things, absolutely certain of this doctrine and that doctrine, whilst it can be really, really comfortable. And by the way, there are, of course, some things that we're extremely certain on, but I'd say there's a lot that we're probably a little bit more like, oh, is it that? Is it that? I think it's probably this. That certainty can often bring pride with it. It can bring a sense of real sense of almost belligerence at times. Of course, this is what it means. Of course, this is what the Bible says. Of course. And at times we just need to be a little bit more like, well, this is what it says. I think I understand it. And I think this is what it means. If we approach faith like that, it keeps us humble 
and it keeps us compassionate and hopefully keeps us loving as well to those who maybe see things a little bit different to us. So let's move on to when is it? Is it here? Is it now? And also really importantly, did it start with Jesus or did it not? So a little bit of background, again, if you're new to the Christian faith, the, the Bible is split into two sections. The Old Covenant or the Old Testament, the two words are interchangeable, and the New Te Covenant or the New Testament. And um, in the Old Covenant, the kingdom of God is not a really strong theme, not like Jesus made it a really strong theme. Now, we do see God being referred to as king in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. We see it, for example, in Psalm 24, where David writes this brilliant psalm. Lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. He's referring to God as a king. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. We see examples of people being called to live under God's rule. But we don't see God being referred to as king an awful lot. And partly that's because they had human kings as well. And uh, there are mentions of, the, of what they would call the kingdom of Yahweh. So Yahweh was the, the, the Jewish kind of name that they used to refer to God. So there are mentions of the kingdom of Yahweh, but it's not a strong theme. When Jesus came and really started talking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, which is the same thing as we've covered already in previous weeks, he was, he was bringing something new. There was a, some degree of continuation of the old, but actually it was predominantly a very, very new thing. And we see a little bit of this when Jesus kind of talks again about the kingdom. We see it in Luke 16, verse 16. He said, the law and the prophets, which basically refers to the old covenant, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Proclaimed until John, referring to John the Baptist. Since that time, and interesting notice, he said it's like with John rather than with him. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. Jesus, I believe, is having a fairly key moment here where he is leaving some of the past behind. Not that we don't learn from it, and we're going to touch on that in a minute. But the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. And since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. So something new is happening. Something new is going on. And, uh, and yet he also says in Matthew 21, 43, so it suggests there's something new, that this is not a continuation. But in 21, 43, he says, Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. He's talking to the teachers of the law and the prophets, the, the Jewish teachers. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit, suggesting that the old is an expression of the kingdom of God. I mean, the people he was going to be taking it away from were basically hard-hearted people who had totally missed what God was really, really up to. He says this in 23.13, Matthew 23.13, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, and nor will you let those enter 
who are trying to. And so he's like, he's basically kind of saying to these people, like, you, you have the power to shut the king door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, which suggests there is some good continuity with the old. You shut the door, you yourselves do not enter. You do not enter the kingdom of heaven and you don't let other people. And, um, and yet at the same time, he also said this, just a little bit of uh, interesting kind of background geekiness. He said, therefore, every teacher of the law who's become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the, oh, hang on, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven. So you're, you don't stay as that, you become this. Is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. So there is new for us to grab hold of as well as appreciating treasures in the old as well. So. All of this seems to suggest that the kingdom of God is here now. Well, is it or isn't it? Well, yes and no. And for this, we want to turn to a great analogy as we think about a concept that's kind of well known in theological circles as the now but not yet of the kingdom of God. And this is a well known analogy used to kind of explain this. Um, and uh, so, if you want to, let's go back to June the 6th, 1944. Some of you will have seen this in many a different film. D-Day, the Battle of Normandy. Around a thousand ships, the largest armada ever to set sail, carried some 200,000 soldiers across the English Channel to France. And there, they were stormed the coast of Normandy. And, and that moment is absolutely recognised as the moment that World War II was lost by the Germans and was won by the Allies. It was the beginning of a military build-up that there was no way Germany was ever going to be able to have stopped. And yet VE Day, which we celebrate as the end of the war, was not until 11 months later, May the 8th, 1945. The D-Day battle was decisive, but man, our soldiers still had to keep fighting. We still lost men and women and animals and equipment and all that sort of stuff. There were still lives lost, obviously on both sides of this particular war. There was still hard work and blood and guts and perseverance and resilience and everything that was possibly needed. All of that still happened, and yet, really, the war had been won. This is a little bit like the kingdom of God. The victory was won. In Jesus' D-Day, on that cross of Calvary, the victory was won. But we are in that slightly longer than 11-month period when the end will truly be won. And Jesus sends you and me out as an army of his love to fight the good fight of seeing his kingdom come. Has his kingdom come? Yes, it has. Yes, it does. Not fully, not yet. The kingdom has come. 
The kingdom is coming and the kingdom will come. And so his kingdom is advancing. It breaks through into this dark world. We, we, we see it. Oh, do we see it? Do, can we observe it? <laughs> I don't know. I think we see it. I absolutely do think we see it. But I don't think we should be too <laughs> totally full and sure of ourselves. Look, I'm just trying to teach what Jesus said. When that supernatural, unexplainable healing happens, his kingdom has come here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in the future, in the new heavens and the new earth as we read about it. But when that healing doesn't happen, we pray your kingdom come. When that business flourishes because of 5,000 plus, his kingdom has come. But for those that continue to struggle in poverty because they haven't been reached or they haven't just haven't found it in themselves to try and use what is in their hand. We pray your kingdom come for that student help back into education by our TLG centre. His kingdom has come but for the ones that we maybe had to exclude because of bad behaviour. We pray your kingdom come. For Cheyenne who we saw last week who's trusted in Jesus. We praise God his kingdom has come. And for your loved ones and mine who we long to come to know the God who made them and loves them, we pray your kingdom come. This is a really, really important part of theological understanding. This is where we turn to when we can't make sense of the suffering, we can't make sense of the pain, we can't make sense of the starvation in the world, the, the evil in the world. His kingdom has come, and yet only in part. And so what are we to do with this? What are we to do with this mystery of the kingdom coming and yet not yet? Well, first we have to be fine in the mystery. We have to be fine in the not knowing. Listen, that is not about doubting. That is about having resilient Bible-based faith. But secondly, if we live in a time when we live in the now but not yet of his kingdom, what do we do? Well, I tell you, there are, there are too many Christians whose response to this is, well, God's going to sort it all out in the end. Let's leave it as it is and just put our feet up and watch a bit more Netflix and play a bit more golf. Sorry, Netflix watchers, golf players, nothing wrong with enjoying yourself. But too many of us have stopped seeking the kingdom, have, stopped, have, have, have chosen the easier life. And man, I long for it as well. But Jesus was pretty clear that sitting back and just leaving it up to God to finish in the end is not a good idea. In Matthew 7, 21, he's talking about judgment. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. You want to enter the kingdom of heaven? You do the will of your father who is in heaven. And what is the will of your father? To fix everything that is broken. Your kingdom come, your will be done has to start with prayer, but it has to move beyond prayer as well. And what better, bigger vision 
is there to give your life for than to give it for the kingdom of God, to see his love poured out into this world and for broken things and for broken people and broken relationships and broken creation to be mended. But also to cling on when that healing doesn't come, when that person doesn't choose to turn to God that there is an everlasting hope and an everlasting kingdom. 2 Peter 1.11, this is the letter that Peter wrote to the church. And he said, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This kingdom knows no ends. In fact, the whole Bible pretty much finishes in the consummation of this kingdom. In Revelation chapter 21, the Apostle John, who had these amazing spirit-inspired visions, when he said this, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The King of Kings is making everything new. And he calls you and me to join in today. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Use me, Jesus. So we asked uh, one or two people if they would uh, consider telling us how the kingdom coming takes place where they fulfill their calling, where they do their work, be that paid work, volunteer work, or just being human. <laughs> and uh, thank you, John, so much, John Hamilton, for sending this in. Uh, let's listen to this now and I'd love it if a few more of you sent some in for next week that'd be really really great I'd appreciate that thank you thank you so much for listening hey you made it to the end that's even more encouraging if you'd like to find out more about who we are visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk we pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day